This episode of Defining Diabetes is brought to you by Omnipod, the tubeless insulin pump, and Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. Find out more at myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox and dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Omnipod will even send you a free, no obligation demo. In this episode of Defining Diabetes, Jenny Smith and I will be defining compression low and interstitial fluid. Now, you know Jenny. She's in all the pro tip episodes and defining diabetes and ask Scott and Jenny. She's also a person who's been living with type 1 diabetes for over 30 years. Jenny holds a bachelor's degree in human nutrition and biology from the University of Wisconsin. She is a registered and licensed dietitian, a certified diabetes educator, and a certified trainer on most makes and models of insulin pumps and continuous glucose monitoring systems. Jenny's services are for hire. Check her out at integrateddiabetes.com. We're going to get started in just a moment, but before we do, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Do you have an absolutely spectacular endocrinologist, certified diabetes educator, diabetes nutritionist, you know, anybody who's helping you with type one, do you have one like that that you'd love to share with other people? Or are you looking for one that fits that description? Check out juiceboxdocs.com if you do. J-U-I-C-E-B-O-X-D-O-C-S. It's a place where I'm collecting an amazing list of fantastic support for people with type one diabetes. It's absolutely free. If you have somebody great to add, check it out. If you're looking for somebody, check it out. So this one is Dexcom specific, although you might tell me it's more than Dexcom specific. Okay. Compression low. So if you use a if you use a Dexcom for sure, and I'm does it work that way for other devices too? Um, Medtronic for for like Libre and for Medtronic, yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, essentially, because they're all reading the same interstitial glucose Mm -hmm. from the fluid. So really, when you compress that site, regardless of the sensor brand that it is, right, you get the same impact or the same issue. Okay. So here's, here it is. If you're wearing a glucose monitor and your blood sugar is just cruising along super stable, and then all of a sudden it drops so drastically that it seems abnormal and you panic and you're like, ah, I'm dying. <laughs> and, and, I feel like it looks like a cliff dive. That's how I kind of describe it to people. Like you're sitting on the edge of this beautiful cliff and all of a sudden like, whoop, like right over the edge it goes it just, and you're like, eh, how did that happen? Is it supposed to do that? And yeah. I, can you see them? I can see them now. Oh yeah. 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 Like you look at the graph and you're like, oh, she's not really low. Uh, no. But, but here's what could happen. You could have a glucose monitor early on, see that low, eat a bunch of food. And then 10 minutes later be 
significantly higher and think, I don't understand what happened. I was, I've been 110, then suddenly I was 55 and I took in enough cars. Why am I 200 all of a sudden, right? Right. So here's what happens. Um, a continuous glucose monitor is reading interstitial fluid. And I have to say, we do this all the time and I'm not a fan of it, really. I say that like, <laughs> I say that like I know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> Okay, but interstitial fluid, I'm going to tell Jenny, like, what is it exactly? Because I say it because I know what the function is in my life with diabetes, but I couldn't define those words, I don't believe. Yeah, I mean, in, in layman's terms, essentially interstitial fluid is just the fluid between all the cells and everything within the body. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got glucose in the bloodstream. And then glucose moves out of the bloodstream in through your interstitial fluid into the cells in order to be utilized, right? So it's like this pass-through effect, which is often the reason then outside of even um, a um, compression low issue, it's also the reason that there's lag that's visible in all the CGM systems because- Glucose, blood glucose is your first like real time right now value, mm-hmm. right? And anytime that glucose is moving out and into your interstitial fluid to see glucose levels change there, they have to first come out of the bloodstream, if that makes sense. It does, right? Yeah. So there's a lag time essentially. And a, a big part of the lag is often when glucose levels are changing very rapidly in the bloodstream, either around food or quick activity or whatnot. But even so then with compression low, there's still time that it takes Mm -hmm. for that change in glucose to happen from blood glucose to interstitial fluid glucose. So compression lows are very visible. Like you said, you can, you can almost a hundred percent pick them out because you're coasting along quite nice and all of a sudden it just falls down. Yeah. That's not how fast blood sugar changes. Moves. It, 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 it could fall that fast if an hour earlier you gave yourself a big bolus and forgot to eat. And then there would be a moment in that drop where you were falling like that. But you don't right. just go from stable to like floor falls out from under you. That that's right. un, that would be uncommon. So this so this episode just turned into uh defining diabetes interstitial fluid and compression low. I just decided as we were talking, I'm looking online and you know, obviously what you said is hundred percent is what I'm seeing here. Interstitial fluid is a thin layer of fluid, which surrounds the body cells. Interstitial fluid becomes useful, has become useful recently in the monitoring of glucose levels with people with diabetes. And let me thank diabetes.co.uk for uh, having great C, uh, SEO and popping up uh, in my Google search. So interstitial fluid, as Jenny has described, is carrying glucose that your your glucose monitor is monitoring. Measuring. Right. Thank you. When you roll over or sit down or push really hard on your sensor, and by the way, I'm wearing one right now, so I'm pushing very hard on mine right now. I get to wear one for 10 days for the very first time in my life. And you do that, that compression of the sensor into your body is dispersing the interstitial fluid away from the sensor wire. So your blood sugar, interestingly enough, right around the wire 
is being read accurately as 50 all of a sudden because you've pushed most of the glucose away from the wire that's doing the measurement, but your body, your glucose in your body hasn't changed. It's just literally changed around where you're pushing on it. That's a compression low, a low that shows up because you're laying on, pushing on, sitting on whatever your sensor. And the first number of times it happens to you, I can speak, you know, from my experience with Arden, it'll flip you out. (laughs) And, but then, like Jenny said earlier, the first thing you can do is look at that graph and eventually you'll see what that curve looks like for a compression low. And then it takes, how long do you think, how many cycles of the CGM before it starts figuring things out again and the fluid comes back? You know, I think that's, there's probably a variance, but it's also a very quick turnaround. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, I was going to mention too, from the data point visual, you know, each little dot is supposed to represent like a five minute interval, right? Well, when that glucose has fallen off the cliff or nosedived, there's, there are less dots. It becomes less accurate with the number of dots and the, like the fluidity of the dots and Mm. the movement. So you'll also see as soon as the compression low writes itself, either you move in your own sleep or mom or dad wake you up because they got the alert and they wake you up and have you roll over or whatever. It typically writes itself fast after that. And all of a sudden you'll see almost like, you know, a rocket ship has shot the blood sugar back up to kind of where it had. How it'll look on the graph. Yeah. It's how it'll look on the graph. And you'll also see those dots become a lot more stable and normal. Mm -hmm. Uh, How long it takes. I think it depends on how soon the compression low is addressed. Right. You know, for an adult who's on their own, maybe they didn't even hear the alert or maybe it took a while for them to hear the alert. And so it takes them a while to move enough. And so then that low might look longer than a typical up down. I find myself wondering sometimes does Arden's phone beep and just that beeping stirs her sleep enough that she turns over. Cause there's times I'm not woken by it, but in the morning you'll come and go, what happened here? You know, where it's like steady, 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 50, back up to the where it was steady 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 and nobody woke up but there are also other times where if she's if she's i guess sleeping harder and doesn't roll off of it i have to make my way across the house and i the words arden roll over you're laying on your sensor have come out of my mouth a number of times in my life yes (laughs) arden roll over you're laying on your sensor just enough to i'm trying to put it into her subconscious or you know whatever it is when you're sleeping like please stay on this side or something but isn't it interesting arden wears her sensor um, in the same basic two areas, she's on her hip, left to right, left to right. And because you get 10 days in between, we just bounce back and forth. It doesn't, you know what I mean? And, and the likelihood that you're going to hit exactly the same place right. on that side after 10 days of not being, I mean, it's like a million to one. We move, <laughs> we move it around still a little bit. But my point was, yeah. is that we, like compression lows don't happen to us very often because we have good spots. But if you move it, more towards your hip bone or something like that. I guess it, it just changes how you sleep. I'm, I Sometimes I just wonder, does she sleep differently sometimes and not others? But it's got to be more about the the positioning of the of the sensor. So that's mm-hmm. why like stomach sleepers, if you wear it on your stomach, you might you might be getting that, um, you know, side sleepers on your hips. Like there's ways around it. But 
Uh, it's one of those things that you just hear people talk all the time. They're like, oh, that's a compression low. And people who know say it like, that's just a compression low. Right, but to the right. person who didn't know, they were like, I thought I was dying, just so you know. Yes. <laughs> so in the beginning, and probably we should say, you should still test them. But yeah. like, if you see a 50, you do a finger stick, and you're 108, that's what's going on. Right. Uh, and don't right. calibrate your meter or your your glucose monitor in there. Like if you're keep that in mind. If you're 108 and suddenly it says 50, do not calibrate it because it really no. believe it really believes it's 50 because it's reading that dispersed fluid and you will mess it up in that situation. So, you know, test yes. when you're not sure, but I think it's fair to say that after a, a number of years with diabetes, you'll you'll know the difference. And by the way, if it's not a compression low, it won't take long for you to figure it out. Right. You know, because you'll keep dropping, most likely. All right. Jennifer, we're just too good at this, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> I think we could probably do this while riding on a bus, reading a newspaper. Like, we could I'm be... sure we could. Those two dolls and the Muppets, we could be up in the rafters, like, right? making fun of the people on stage. And at the same time, telling people what a protein rise is. Right. <laughs> That would actually be a really humorous, like, skit to do. So, wow, these people have found a way to make diabetes even more exciting than it is now. <laughs> Friends, it's time to get yourself a free, no-obligation demo of the Omnipod sent over to the house. Okay? Let's talk about it. The Omnipod tubeless insulin pump, besides being absolutely spectacular is the insulin pump that my daughter, who is about to turn 16, has been wearing every day since she was four years old. That's a long time. Every day, Omnipod comes through exactly the way we expect it to, and in a myriad of ways. By being unobtrusive, by being tubeless, by helping us with extended boluses, temp basal rates, and just being, what's the word I want, really? Just, it, it's there. It's solid. You know what I mean? Like, it does. It does what I think it's going to do when it's going to do it. I get what I expect. And what I expect is a quality insulin pump that gives me the delivery and the wearability for my daughter that we need. And that means that she can stay attached to her insulin when she's playing sports without it being obtrusive, while she's taking a shower sleeping, running around in the backyard, jumping on a trampoline, riding a bike, swimming, all of the things that your body still needs insulin for. You know, when you hear people saying, oh, I disconnect for that, well, they don't have insulin during that time, and that's very likely going to cause a high blood sugar. Now, I understand that tube pumps need to be disconnected sometimes, but the Omnipod never needs to be disconnected. It's tubeless. It's wonderful. And you don't have to take my word for it, because Omnipod will be thrilled, happy, elated, delighted to send you a free no-obligation demo that you can try on yourself. Find out if what I just said is true. But you know it is. But still try. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juice box. Check it out. Get the demo. Decide what you want to do. If you want to keep going with Omnipod, it'll be easy. And if you don't, no harm, no foul. You were just trying that's why they call it no obligation. Now, I have an obligation to tell you 
about the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. This obligation is both business-oriented, because they're advertisers, and moral, because I think everyone should know about the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Here's why. I'm going to use an example from this morning. Arden wakes up, her blood sugar is 106. I see it on her Dexcom, nice and steady. I hear her moving around upstairs, no big deal. She's getting her face washed, getting dressed, getting ready to actually go out right now. All of a sudden, her blood sugar, diagonal up, starts moving up. 106 turns into 115, turns into 118, all of a sudden 125. Well, we bolus, right? We're trying to stop that rise before it happens. Arden's trying to go out. She's trying to do things she needs to eat. She doesn't need to walk into this day 50, 60, 70, 80 points higher than she needs to. But imagine had she woken up and tested her blood sugar with a meter. Boom. She would have saw 106 and thought, hey, I'm doing great. And then she never would have seen anything that happened next. And then a half an hour, 40 minutes later, when she's sitting down to eat and tests again, you know, in a world without a CGM, who knows what she is? 225? Now suddenly the first meal is in jeopardy. It puts the rest of the day in question. You're looking at roller coastering up and down and up and down or skipping a meal. Instead, beep, beep, Arden's blood sugar hits 120. She gets a little insulin right back to where we need to be, ready for that meal, ready for the day. That uniquely happened because Arden has a Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. Now, that's just one example. Imagine all of the other ways that technology can be used for you. Imagine that the way I found out about it wasn't because I was bugging Arden while she was getting dressed. It's because it popped up on my iPhone because the Dexcom G6 has share and follow. And that works on Android and iPhone. So Arden CGM told her app, her app, put it up in the cloud. It came back down on my phone. And just like that, we averted a high blood sugar, averted a problem at a meal, saved the day. Dexcom G6 is going to save more than one day for you. That's for certain. Find out how you can get a Dexcom at Dexcom.com forward slash Juicebox. There are links to Dexcom, Omnipod, and the other sponsors at JuiceboxPodcast.com if you can't remember them. They're also right there in the show notes of your podcast player. You can click on them right there. Like, click, click, click with your finger. I very much appreciate when you support the sponsors because it supports the podcast. Whether it's Omnipod, Dexcom, the Contour Next One blood glucose meter, or Touched by Type 1, when you check out the links, you're telling those sponsors, I listened to the Juicebox podcast, I heard about you there. They keep sponsoring, you keep getting the podcast for free. Seems like a good deal. All right, a little bit of music, and we're out of here. Do I have any announcements? There may be one. Hold tight. You can find the rest of the Defining Diabetes series as well as Ask Scott and Jenny and the Diabetes Pro Tip episodes at DiabetesProTip.com. You can find them too at JuiceBoxPodcast.com, but you know, Diabetes Pro Tip's pretty easy to understand. No S after the P, so just a P, no S, a P, a dot, and a com. DiabetesProTip.com. Also, if you have a great doctor or need one for type 1 diabetes, check out JuiceBox.com. Docs.com, D-O-C-S, JuiceboxDocs.com, an ever-growing list of type 1 diabetes healthcare professionals that listeners of the podcast have recommended. Let me give you a couple of examples. For instance, right there, 
in Australia. Rachel Baker, RNNCDE, does some amazing work. How about up in Canada? Dr. Jeremy Gilbert over in Ontario. That's Toronto. You understand Toronto, Ontario, right? Like Canada does their places weird, I mean, compared to how we do it. How about Melissa Antonic in Fairfax, Virginia? Alfonso Armstead, Nashville, Tennessee. And many, and many, and many more. And people put in effort when they send in their doctors. They give real examples of why. For instance, someone wrote in that Elizabeth Harris in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, she said about Elizabeth, I've worked with Dr. Harris for close to a decade, and she's taken care of me through many different stages of my diabetes, from the disengaged teenager to the engaged but struggling young adult to well-controlled diabetes. It goes on and on. Check it out, juiceboxdocs.com. It's not a pay service. None of the doctors are paying me to be there. It's just me trying to take your good experiences and putting them in one place so somebody else can get the advantage of uh, what you've learned about your doctor. Thank you so much for listening. Coming up soon on the podcast, there'll be another After Dark episode. Another pro tip is coming with Jenny about pregnancy and type 1 diabetes. And of course, tons and tons and tons of interviews and conversations with people just like you. I'll see you soon.